guess i'm oh shit mave can you hear me buddy i can hear you now (laughs) i was about to like go thumbs up thumbs down with you man i mean like you know oh man you know i'm testing out a new feature um on my podcast device and uh you know you know every time when i play music um I cannot mute the phone, right? And so once I cannot mute the phone, any sound that I make, you know, typing, uh, you know, changing the car, uh, changing the seats and stuff like that, always make noises. So I check it out, you know, there's actually a mute button on the device. So, you know, just now the first time I click it and then, you know, when I try to make noise, I see, okay, it's fine. But then guys, like, it's the first time I forget to, you know, kind of like, you know, unmute myself. But hey, man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling alive. It's Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday. Wait, 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 before you get into it, so you're telling me like uh, you're always trying new things to make the show better? Is that what you just said? <laughs> just clarify. Is that what you just said? Bro, bro, you, you know me, right? Like every time we, we plan, you know, we discuss on how to make the show better, what we should do, you know, how to make everybody entertain. And that's why people love us, right? You know, I, I saw how Yin, uh, you know, put a thumbs up. Uh, so, Benito, you are here with us again. Give me a thumbs up. Guys, I mean, we are building up Asia culture, you know, Asia projects up, building up IP. Today is going to be a good day. So, let me... So, everybody, you heard it here first, yeah? So, uh, Puke, 
guaranteed every time always trying new things we're not afraid of new things and we're just going forward so you you heard it right just facts up there facts up there everyone yep yep all right Maeve I got an intro for you so sit back hang tight and listen to this what's up PewCast fam hope you guys having a puking good day and as always welcome to Hotbox I'm Puke representing the Rock Radio family our mission is simple to discuss the latest NFT news update review case studies, bring up Asia projects and community, but but most importantly, you know, to be at the forefront of everything that is happening right now, here and now. So, introducing the man, the trader, the legend, this man not only grinds on Twitter spaces, but he writes banger trades that the space is lacking. My friend, my brother, Maeve knows NFTs. How did I do, bro? <laughs> I, I could I could like you know do do the whole this thing uh, DJ this thing right now Dude, that was dope I see you uh, I see so <laughs> first happening? you try what's happening now bro up. you got me off guard how are you how are you buddy, like spasm, buddy I, I don't know what it's like you sound like uh, you know like Pikachu got you know got uh electrocuted yeah, yeah that that's yeah. how you sound bro <laughs> That's probably how I felt, man. Just like full-on spasm and jizz all over. Like, uh, 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 too much, too much. Too much, too much, bro. Too all much. right, let's, let's put, um, <laughs> let's throw around the questions because, you know, today I want to have like kind of, uh, let's break the ice, all right? Um, so the question, since we are talking, the last week, you know, you guys are here, you know, we have Hawaiian um, and some other projects. We talk about, you know, Fashion Web 3. Today, it's also Fashion Web 3, but I want to talk more about IP building because the way I see it, man, IP building, it's a super, super difficult thing to do. Like, I know for a, for a fact that, you know, every week or, you know, every week there are thousands of animes that is created, but only like, you know, that one or 2% actually made it to the second episode. So it shows that, and even that, the IP is not even strong. So before we get started, let me throw around some questions. But the question is this, I'm going to throw it to Hawaiian. Buddy, the ice-breaking question for today is, if you were to own one IP brand, which IP will it be and why? Yo, I have Mika in the house, uh, who's our strategy lead from crypto, and his favorite character is Donald Duck. So I'm going to go with Donald Duck just because he's here today. Uh, all right bro you, you caught me off guard like i didn't i in, in my mind you know every time when you ask some some people question right and uh in the mind it would be like that few p- things that people pick but donald duck oh, you you totally go off roof man um i'm gonna bring bro like if you can speak uh mikhail do come up because i would love to know why donald duck uh let's throw it over to our next speaker soap uh how about you buddy yo gm gm uh Whoa, this is something I haven't really ever thought about. But I mean, you have to kind of think that the di- like, yeah, the Disney family IP is massive. Everyone knows the mouse. So like, I, I see where <laughs> Donald Duck might be a good one. Um, but just to trump that one, if we're saying like, I think Mickey Mouse would be a better IP. Just because he's so well known, and you can so you can so easily build off of that, just because everyone knows that mouse. 
I, I, actually, we actually, can all pick like, you know, may, 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 may. Actually, actually, <laughs> I, I, get what, I, I get where we're going. But guys, we are representing Asian projects. We have to throw some Asian ideas, right? <laughs> Come on, guys. I mean, guys, 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 guys. I mean, I'm going to, well, yeah, if we do Asian projects, I mean, I'm going to go with my all-time favorite. I'm going to pick Pikachu. Like, I feel like, um, you know, you can go through that IP. Um, I mean, make a spinoff of its own like i mean they already did uh detective pikachu and whatnot but there's so much more you could probably do with a pikachu ip and i feel like asia loves pikachu i love all right, pikachu. right. My, <laughs> yeah. my man sticking to the team all right myth knows um I, I think someone's at the door do do carry the torch i'll be back in like few minutes bro no problem, no problem. So, oh, what's up, David? What's up, what's up? Hey, what up, what up, everybody? Uh, I, I had to jump up here because I was nervous that, that you guys weren't going to mention one of my favorite shows growing up as a kid, Dragon Ball Z. I mean, imagine imagine having that and doing something in Web3 with that IP. Yo, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, so, our, our supposedly... Other co-host, Wacky, Wacky Chainer. If you're out there, he's definitely not here. At least, uh, well, he's a he's a massive fan of Dragon Ball Z. I remember, like, uh, oh, Kame, Kame, ah, dude, like the first time they did that, I was like, whoa, I was a bit mind blown. I was like, nostalgia. And every time, you know, like the the Dragon Ball meme, you know, just like go like Super Trash, Super Saiyan, dude. I mean, like, yo, yo, babe, why does your Dragon Ball sound like Pikachu though? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> bro, 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 bro. Because uh, I got, I got you know, the I'm the young Goku man. I'm like the Kami, Kami, So it's like the small little version. I'm not thinking about the big one because you know when when they all grown up and all after they fight like a what was it the newbies got and all they're just like spamming everything, man. Just a bit too OP, but you know they gotta they gotta keep evolving, right? Uh, <laughs> but yes, thank you, thank you for uh, pushing my leg a little bit. Love it, love it always. So uh, since I don't, I don't I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah. But uh, Maeve, how about you, bro? Oh, <laughs> guys! <laughs> I actually haven't thought about it. I'm trying to think of like the best IPs, but like I, I keep I keep circling back to uh, Magic the Gathering. But now they've been uh, really shitty because uh, they they got taken over. Well, not taken over. They were acquired by uh, Hasbro's. So um, if you guys uh, know or do not know about MTG Magic the Gathering, it's, uh, it's a really fun TCG game. But like Hasbro's just fucked it up, man. Like I don't know everything about it, the whole economics and all is just uh, just total trash. But yeah, I, I feel like uh, MDG was uh, was was really fun times. Uh, I played it during my uni days. Uh, I'm uh, I'm a super. What was the difference between the geek and the nerd? I'm a I'm a nerd. I'm like nerd to my core. So uh, yeah, for for me, I guess uh, it's uh, it's magic, man. It's uh, MDG, yeah, TCG, Wait, guys. Wait, try to refresh my memory. Uh, when you talk about the difference between nerd and a geek, what was the explanation behind it? Okay, so uh, the main difference is a nerd is more of like uh, someone that like loves details, right? Uh, pretty much someone that loves details. So like they they will like nerd out, but uh, they you know they still like they still out there. You know how we call like the intro extroverts? They they probably like that, right? You know. We hear talking, but when we go out and see people, we're hiding at the corner. So it's kind of kind of that that situation. Uh, whereas like a geek is more of like whenever they go out, they also still stay at the corner. At home, they also stand at the corner. 
So that's pretty much how I look at it. <laughs> oh my god! I I know for a fact, you know, in in the audience, I have one friend that always like to stand at the corner, like you know, the guy. It's always you know that guy at the corner. I mean, you you guys know it. Um, it's always like that. All right. So my IP uh, that I would like to own is actually Gundam. Why? Because I I mean, for once, um, you know, yesterday I talked to Nick about this. Um, I love Gundam Seed Destiny. And uh, so for me, sticking to, you know, the Asian roots, you know, because we are Asian spaces, um, I would go with Gundam. All right, guys, today, uh, Matt, go ahead, buddy. Oh, yeah, I just, I just had to let you know that Gundam is actually uh, my, my third cousin on my mother's side. Bro, Mac, I, I, whoa, 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 whoa. I see, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. All right, all right. I see what you did there. Uh, so, so Max, you know, goal today is not just to pull my leg, but it's also to pull, eh, to, not to pull Maeve leg, but also my leg. All right, guys. Um, before we get started, um, just a le- little quick announcement for you guys. So, um, I know those of people on stage, you know, um, you you rap the beta verse uh, PFP. And today, we, you know, officially, Pilcast will be kind of like a spokesperson for them. So, in terms of like, you know, any any spaces moving forward, you know, any updates of the project, me and Maeve, we will give you the details because, because we have some details to announce. So, those of you guys here who, you know, came in to just listen to Beta Wars, uh, this is actually their first ever official space since they launched one year ago. Um, you know, we have also five merch to give away. So, man, like, you know, speakers, if you guys want to give, you know, get that Betaverse t-shirt, that Babe t-shirt, no worries. We will raffle at the end of the day and also give a little bit of updates. So, I want to talk about Pupe. Before you talk about it, uh, so, like, do the co-hosts uh, also get a chance to win the, the merch? Because I'm not sure. Was it clear uh, enough? Uh... It's, it's, it's a guarantee. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to guarantee the speakers, right? I'll, I'll let, let me see what I do. But uh, you know, I won't leave you guys hanging. Uh, this space is fun, guys. Like the first time we did the web tree, you know, we were all like serious. Today we are all my chill. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to more episodes with different speakers. But I want to talk about you know initially before I started, we we talk about how you know animes and stuff like that a lot of IP didn't make through like the door, right? It's pilot episode and then, you know, once you watch it, done, tada, that's it. So let's just talk about a little bit on in terms of why do you think that, you know, IP fails? Like some IP doesn't make it, some IP make it. What is that core factor behind a successful IP? I'm going to throw it over to Hawaiian, bro, because you guys are doing massive stuff with weight. Tell me more. Yeah, so the question is like, you know, why do some uh, promising looking IPs fail from time to time, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, for sure. I I think I can definitely share some stories because um, I work at IPX or Line Friends. And, you know, believe it or not, Line Friends or IPX has um, a good share of IPs that actually fail to really take off. I mean, people really usually remember only the successful ones. But we do have our share of, uh, you know, so sort of call um, failed IPs. And I think the core, you know, looking back in the old days and looking back at the failure cases, what the core thing is that they really failed to um, understand or interpret the needs of the target audience. 
So like, if you don't do your due diligence on your target audience well enough, just like you know you would do in, for an NFT collection, you you have very little chance to succeed. Um, but on the flip side, if you do like a really really well in depth research on what their core needs are, what their desires are, I think it's just on the flip side, it just makes your uh, chance to survive um, better and better. Ryan, could you uh, give an example of uh, one of the uh, unfortunate uh, IPs? Like, uh, no, I can't because like, I there's no name for them. They didn't even make it to the market. It's like the IP who should not be called the name. <laughs> so it's a bit like Voldemort. Yeah, we're talking about yeah, Voldemort right yeah, here. Yeah, it's like you know, it's it's not allowed to be said aloud. It's it's hidden in there in the vaults. How 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 does it work? Because like, uh, well. IP, I guess, like we uh, in the in the world of capitalism, I, I know like we're exposed to a lot of like IPs, right? How 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 does it work though? Like, you you, you said that it doesn't reach market yet. So is it like I guess like within like a a very sizable amount of test group, and then you obviously you obviously test it out, or does it like get get released to like a very very small market that you guys were very comfortable with, and then you know mm-hmm. it doesn't turn out too well? Uh, how 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 does that come about, man? It's all different. So, for example, let's say this um, AIP um, was supposed to hit like the Gen Z market and we put it out in a very small amount in a particular channel or retail store where a lot of Gen Z's were supposed to visit. And, you know, we we would do like a three or five day test run of sales. And, you know, if it just doesn't pick up, um, you know, we could do a second iteration or, you know, even just call it a day uh, right there on the spot and it could be done. But it's all case by case based on what, where the IP should be selling, what the product is and everything. But basically, you know, sometimes it doesn't even, you know, is not even tested because, you know, the design itself is just not up to our standards. That's also a big case uh, for us because we have very high quality standards in terms of you know, uh, pushing out the IP and, uh, and not, um, but yeah, basically it's case by case, but usually it's more so leaning toward your, uh, description of going to a small group, not, you know, meeting up the standards in terms of sales or, uh, marketing noise. And then, you know, we just have to make a hard decision. I think like, it's always really, it's always a tough decision, right? Pew, like, uh, to, to, I guess like, chop, cut, I can't think of a better word, but like to, to something that you put on the market and you believe it's going to work and then it didn't work. I, I, I feel like yeah. it's always a very yeah, tough man. decision. Like instantly I have a, a, a follow-up question. So so you see, there's so many IPs that didn't actually make it. They, they go nameless, right? But how was the process or the brainstorm, you know, until let be like, hey, you know, weight is the final product that we want to push. We are confident that this fits all the category um, and it will be well received by people because I'm for sure, you know, with the experience, you guys are able to come up with that kind of deduction that, hey, weight is going to hit uh, instead of just, you know, small companies that are, you know, constantly trying out new IPs. So um, just just to clarify, your question is, why are we confident about the weight IP um, being able to really make a success case? Yep. Well, you know, for one, um, Wade is like, you know, IPX's baby in terms of IP. Um, you know, apart from the NFT side, Wade is also a IP that lives in the Web2 world. And um, 
you know, it's just a new total, totally new IP for IPX because it's one of the first kind that's really, that really resonates with topic keywords that are, that were not IPX's strong suit, which are like fashion and music. IPX is, um, you know, traditionally strong characters are more like cute, uh, female audience oriented and younger audience oriented, but you know, this is a new thing and we triple quadruple made sure that this character IP would have the final, you know, touches from the experts of the experts to really, you know, bond well with the people that love music and fashion. And we're pretty confident with the due diligence that we did with uh, the potential target audiences. And we're also confident with the lineup of creatives that is behind this IP. So I think that's probably the main reason why we're so confident. And also, I think uh, a lot of the networks or connections um, behind the partnerships, um, oh, not behind, but the partnerships and the connections behind it, we're also very uh, confident about them um, through KB Lee, our co-producer. My bad, my bad. Go ahead, buddy. I accidentally muted everybody. Pukey with the fat finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with the fat finger. I'm so sorry, Hawaiian. I'm with the fat finger today. Uh, I'll mute yourself and go ahead, buddy. Oh, oh, oh no, oh no, he's, he's Ryan, just speaking. Ryan, how are you? Bro. Oh, yo, I, yo, I did that on purpose. Yo, I wanted to run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's, he's throwing the oh. ball at us. Bro, you, you got me, you got uh, me, bro. I, I guess this is the thing we've bottom line that. is... <laughs> I'm, we're super confident about the people that is behind this IP. I think that's what, what's the differentiator here. Uh, it's all about the people, the connections, the network, and the partnerships. That's what matters. All right. Thanks, thanks. So uh, just to recap, guys, uh, team's very confident. Uh, they've done a lot of homework. They're going to be doing a lot more, and they're going to keep delivering. And uh, now we know that Ryan's going to push our legs uh, a lot more often. Fantastic job. Love it, love it, love it. Guy, guy hey bro, like just imagine, you know, Ryan, second Spaces Reverse is already like this. Uh, after a few months, bro, like he's going to throw us left and right. Um, I, I can't wait for it. So guys, if you like this space so far, do us a favor, like, retweet, comment GM or comment, you know, maybe comment the IP that you like instead, right? And, you know, we can also discuss if you guys also have any question, do let us know. All right, uh, I'm going to throw the same question to Soap, Soap Nito, because uh, you guys also are building massive IP back in Asia. You guys have wonderful collabs with Adidas. So, so tell us more, you know, in terms of, you know, the Monkey Kingdom IP, how did the whole project structure it? And, you know, why are you guys confident that, you know, Monkey Kingdom, Pixel Art, I mean, I know that Pixel Art is Maeve's soft spot. Uh, he definitely going to support the IP. But tell me more in terms of your experience, you know, building it up, uh, how you feel about it. Yeah, so um, for Monkey Kingdom, I know, like, we, so the project itself was a founder, like, uh, two co-founders that um, previously were um, doing other projects as well. And those were also pixel and it was kind of one of those things where um we did enough research to know that pick like pixel kind of does hit that spot of nostalgia a little bit you know and it brings everyone back to like the 80s um 
And, you know, with the Monkey Kingdom IP, I think that's where um, the whole target audience of us was to really capture one IP that every Asia person, whether wherever they are in the world, kind of knew about. And also either have heard, you know, stories or watch the shows or even like comics. Um, and that's kind of where we landed on monkey kingdom, just because it's one of those very nostalgic characters. Every child in Asia has literally seen some sort of Sung Wukong. And, you know, for us, that's kind of where I believe like the monkey kingdom IP really was, easily a success is just because the whole marketing of Sun Wukong is very much, you know, in the minds of a person already. So, you know, for the question of like why some IPs fail, I think sometimes it really is coming to the whole, like, you know, you got to be able to market something to, a person and have them either understand it or like it. Um, you know, this character is a very mischievous and lovable character um, to which, you know, different variations of Sun Wukong is no matter what, it kind of hits the same way. So, you know, for us, that's kind of where we were in part lucky because you know, at the time where Soul was kind of taking off when we first minted, um, we we didn't actually predict the success that we had in in the very beginning. So, you know, for us, it was kind of a learning, pretty much, yeah, very much a learning possibility. Um, just because we knew there was a need for an Asian project to come out and really just take the whole, you know, NFT area because um, much of the NFTs that were kind of trending at the time were very westernized and um, all the creators and devs were, you know, either in like the US or the EU. So there wasn't much representation. And so for us, that's kind of where our IP was you know, a success because we specifically marketed to Asia because we need, we knew that there needed to be some sort of representation within this new space. And, you know, after that, the rest is kind of history, I guess. All right. Yeah, definitely. Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm now super interested in the, in this topic. Um, so you, you talk a a lot about Shumukong, right? Um, and you know, how is it, um, like you know, you guys doing your project, uh, getting inspiration from that, and the IP doesn't really clash with it, you know, because like from from what I see, man, first of all, I love the new Adidas uh, X Monkey Kingdom logo. You know, you have that whole help mm-hmm. that the whole crown in between of the Adidas is cool, right? But it's all yeah. of these trademark uh, from that production, or you know, you guys have you know kind of like uh, a free way to you know use. Uh, some of the elements of that whole show, that whole character into your project? 
So I think uh, that's kind of where the the pixel art um, comes in our favor. Uh, everything that we create is brand new. Um, you know, there is no specific trademark on the Gojubant, which is the crown. So for us to be able to, you know, just generate that in pixel art, everything, of course, that we create, we now have trademarked. Um, but yeah, like we, that is kind of like a way to kind of go around. Um, of, of course, you know, we're not using like the exact likeness of Sun Wukong, but then, then again, there isn't really a specific like trademark, like, oh, you can't do a monkey wearing a crown holding like a staff. So um, that's kind of where I guess the whole Web3 space um, is definitely new and intriguing. Um, but yeah, to this day, we haven't violated any IP, you know, or legal issues regarding any of the art that we create or just kind of um, the messaging that we put out. I mean, we obviously take a lot of inspiration with a lot of our launches um, to incorporate uh, some of the folklore that's from the original like uh, Journey to the West stories. However, everything is still kind of our own entity. Oh, I, I fully agree. I think uh, it's just being smart with it, right? And uh, again, guys, if you all don't know, I am a big fan of uh, pixel art. I'm down. I mean, like, come on, guys. Just just, just look at all the pixels, man. Just just little pixels here and there. I mean, just, just look at it, guys. <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> Yeah. Um, so before I hand it to, uh, to to the next speaker, um, why do you think IPs fail? Let, let's circle back to that uh, that first common uh, question that uh, Pew brought about. What was the question? Why why, uh, why do you think IPs fail? Um, I mean the easiest. I think the easiest one of why IPs fail is typically like lacking originality like you know you got to look at the market and honestly if there's too much of one thing into like a saturated market it's going to be really hard to you know really capture the audience's attention so you know we you, you can t take a look at um much of what was happening in like two years ago there was always some sort of animal and some sort of um I guess <laughs> word associated with the animal that was so called, you know, being original. I mean, so, punk, 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 punk. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name name projects, but like you can, de like if you, if you, if they haven't made it now, obviously the originality wasn't there. Like, I mean, we, we could definitely play a game and come up with like fake nft projects now based on like animals if we really want to it'd be like you know like manic manatees or some shit like there's they're just not gonna make it just because it's giving everyone the same thing but somehow packaged slightly different and i don't think that's really gonna do it um i think the next thing might be just the way that it's executed so you know whether whether it comes to delivering it or even like marketing it, I think that's kind of the main um, 
factor too of why IP is going to fail. Um, I know Hawaiian talked about like things don't make it past the door sometimes um, with like testing and whatnot, but specifically like in the Web3 space, I mean, the testing is just the launching of it. So I, I think it's really hard for people to gauge whether an IP is going to make it if they don't try. But I think if you were doing like a straight kind of copy of something, it's going to be definitely a harder trek up than anything else. So, you know, I think it's just, yeah, lacking originality and also, you know, the lack of marketing and execution is probably the reason why IPs fail. Got it, got it. So everybody, you heard it. So it's originality and uh, lack of, uh, I guess, like execution in some ways. All right, all right, all right. I see Maeve is trying uh, new strategies. I I love it, I love it. But uh, let me throw it over to David. Um, You know, building an IP using gaming, um, it's also IP building, right? You know, people recognize that character, that outlook. So, buddy, tell me more, you know, in terms of your experience, uh, you know, IP building, um, what really works, what don't, you know, how to really identify which kind of IP actually make it through the door. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a great question. Great topic, too. I mean, I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what attracts me to these IPs, uh, you know, beforehand. And to be honest, what really brings people in, it, it's similar to a TV show or a movie even. Like, you see that character and it's that, that instant either mental or emotional connection. You either see something that just really pops in your eyes or... You know, you, you, you see a part of yourself in the character, like when it comes to movies and TV shows. And, you know, video games are, are really similar, like especially those MMORPG type games, those single player games with the awesome storyline, the awesome lore, really similar. And, you know, it's a, it's a very tough industry. The majority we don't even hear about. They don't even get to market. They probably don't even pass those focus groups. And it's, it's really tough out there, harder than the restaurant business. And, you know, building an, a video game IP in Web3, honestly, completely different from Web2. When, when you're doing it in traditional gaming, I mean, so much money goes into those really <clears throat> big tier IPs in the gaming industry, literally millions and millions of dollars. That's just on marketing. That's not even talking about building the game and getting everything up off the ground and running. You know, us with Mech, like it was it's really just our boss, the, the the founder of Mech, our CEO, Trey Smith. He's been in the video game industry for a while, so he's got a lot of experience with that. And funny story, he's actually owned the domain mech.com for like over a decade. So this was just sitting there and, you know, he's out here doing a bunch of video game things, Kybit games, build box. And all of a sudden, Web3 comes along and he's like, yo, I own this website, four letter domain. I'm a savage in gaming. I do the, my marketing thing. Let, let's build something and just show Web3 all about gaming. So, you know, that's where Mech.com came in. I mean, those four-letter domains on their own, very expensive. We have one that's highly marketable. And just built an IP around that, like Mechs. <laughs> Every, uh, so many people in our community talk about Mech Warrior and all the other Mech games that they knew and loved when they were a kid. I mean, even even Gundam and Transformers, those IPs, like, there's similarities. And uh, the, when it comes to the storyline and lore, too, we're taking that really seriously because we want those members in the community, those players out there, to really fall in love with the storyline. 
not trying to spoil anything, but look, hint, hint, we're going to have more than mechs in there. So a lot of really cool things coming from that. And, you know, uh, ju just designing them, I, they put so much time and focus into that. And we were, we, we use our own AI model that we've been creating uh, since day one. So these are all generated with AI, but you know, it's, it's different than mid journey. We basically have a few different types of the open source version, which is called stable diffusion. And we built, uh, I don't know, the, the simplest way that I can put it that all of my crypto friends understand is that take stable diffusion as the layer one, that's Ethereum. We're building multiple layer twos on top of that. So we're, we're basically using Polygon on Ethereum. Like we're, we're, we're pushing P even with AI. So look, like we're, we're about it. And, you know, that, that's what really gives you that look of the different mechs. And honestly, you can see the first ones we released to the ones we're releasing now. This AI is literally getting smarter and smarter and it's getting more efficient, making these things cooler looking and cooler looking. And it, it's awesome because anybody who's really used these tools for our generation and NFT project, you know that these AI programs spit out so many that just look awful. You don't want to use them. You don't even want to tell somebody that, that, that they came out. And our, ours is literally to the point where we're not throwing any away. We're just like, okay, how many do we need to release? And, you know, that that's why, oh, man, I wish I could drop some bombs, but I want to keep it focused <laughs> on the IP. Buddy, buddy, if, if those are the images that come out, you know, those are the ones that you throw without a name. We, we already know, you know, those are the forgotten ones. Man, like when I, AI came about, you know, the first few image render, it looks like, you know, it's like, you know, the head is there, but it's a little bit off from the body. I, I understand, totally understand where, where you're getting at from. But man, like, let, let's talk in terms of, you know, why do IP fails, right? And then the next thing is, you know, building IP on Web3, it feels like, you know, building an IP on steroids, right? Because when we look at like the old, even any any um, IP that we mentioned, right? Donald Duck, we mentioned Mickey Mouse, we mentioned Gundam, and all of these IP, they came out because of, you know, like a cartoon uh, animation. Um, and it takes such a long time, you know, few, I mean, like, what, 10 over years to, you know, constantly just showing and showing to build a strong IP. But when I see it right now, just look at, for example, BAYC, right? I believe that BAYC IP is strong because when we look at, I, I think maybe it was Tastemaker, right? Um, they did an analysis, you know, how many people or builders that own the, own the IP of BAYC actually use that IP to build something. It's massive. It's crazy. They got their whole ecosystem. They have, you know, merchandise. People are doing it. And just, I think, two weeks ago, we had a Apex um, kind of like a gallery exhibition where, you know, people are just willing to spend money to build up the exhibition just to display their IP. Like, that is how proud it is. And all of this achievement in less than, what, two years? So we're to compare without any animation, without any, you know, movies and cartoons, um, without, you know, 10 years, 15 years, they are able to do it in two years. So is this why brands right now, you guys, for example, you know, uh, wait, Line Friends or even Monkey Kingdom, is it, this is the reason why you guys feels like, hey, let's build it on Web3. It's giving a better approach to it. And why do you think Web3 has that effect on IPs? Uh, let me ask uh, Ryan. Oh, like, could you kind of repeat the question in a different way? Because like, I didn't fully understand. Yeah, so so my, my question is basically like, for example, 
building IP in Web3, it's much faster than, you know, Web2 traditional method of, you know, producing animation. Just, for example, Pokemon, right? They produce so much animation, they slowly build up the IP over 10, 15 years, and they get to where they are right now. And we were to compare, for example, to uh, BAYC, they only take two years to build like a massive jump of IP. So why do you think Web3 has that power uh, and a faster force to build IP? Well, it's, um, you know, it's obviously because of the people that are supporting this IP from the beginning, right? Um, when you successfully mint and when you successfully um, convince the initial minters or the initial holders that, um, you know, tied to this JPEG is a, like this fantastic community tied behind it. And like culturally, you bring them value and, you know, just you make them feel like they're special as special people, you know, special VIPs behind this uh, special IP or brand, then they become loyal fans, which is super hard to do, accomplish for a IP that it just drops out of the air. Uh, for example, if, you know, even though we don't have a PFP collection out yet for uh, Wade, if Wade was just, you know, made um, without any aspect of Web3 and it came out and would we have loyal people or loyal, um, you know, just people like Code Millie down there, uh, Black Eyes Bear down there? I see some, you know, core loyal fans of our community. And you don't really get people like that. And when you have, like, only, a, you, don't, you only need a handful of super loyal and super enthusiastic people, um, you know, trusting a brand to really make it, you know, uh, you know, really make a noise and really make a difference. And it just changed the world for an IP slash brand. And I think that's the true power of Web3. So, but, you know, again, the start of it is definitely, if you want to leverage Web3, the power of Web3 to really push uh, IP slash brand, then you also, that also means you have to bring some type of value to the initial holder or mentor, first of all. Right. If you can't do that, there's no loyalty, there's no fandom, there's no community. And if there's nothing of that, then, you know, you don't really get to leverage any uh, benefit of Web3 for an IP slash brand. Go ahead. So, so I want to throw the question to Sobinito, man. What, what, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, I feel like, so going back to like why BIYC kind of probably took off. Um, yeah, I, it, it is mainly in part the community aspect. Um, you know, even from the very beginning, like they, many people say that BIYC kind of launched most of like what web three is today. And, you know, I partially agree with that, but it, I think it is, you know, that whole community aspect and what they were able to promise their holders or even just like, you know, supporters was, you know, you get this very much lucrative owning of your own IP based around this whole IP. And, you know, it's like almost people buying into the profit sharing of the BAYC IP. Cause you know, you can look at, all the like collabs and merch that have 
like come out since then. I mean, there was someone that was able to make like a gap t-shirt with a BAYC on there. And, you know, sure. That's kind of like diving away from what I guess they might've started with originally. Um, But I would say, you know, the success of BAYC is definitely why monkey kingdom was even kind of started. It is, you know, one of those things for web three was it's a lot easier to be able to like push out an IP than like traditional like methods. Um, Growing it is definitely a lot easier when it comes to all you need is a smaller audience rather than kind of like mass adoption of an audience for it to be popular just because there's really not much governance of of like, Oh, in order for us to get this IP to get rolling and work, we need to go through all these certain hoops. Like the, the entry for launching an IP in web three is very much like definitely simpler. I mean, not everyone's going to make it. However, you know, if you have this art that you also can get either like a story behind it or some sort of just backing when it comes to like a community and the way they see it, then that's obviously giving you much more potential. Um, but yeah, for, for IPs like this, um, I don't know, I'm kind of rambling. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's definitely important to have the very much like hardcore followers in a community. Um, and the Web3 space is very much that. There's a lot of passionate people and, you know, they like, Web3 is a bunch of innovators. They want to be the first to be, you know, locked onto something before it makes they make it big so it makes a lot of sense why ips like are pretty much on steroids in web3 what's happening babe oh i i i, I thought you, you wanted to play that game man <laughs> no <laughs> what's happening <laughs> I, I thought you just like I'm mute to just like play me and I thought you rugged. Anyhow, anyhow. <laughs> All right. That thanks to me though. Love it. David, what are your thoughts, man? Chime in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've got a, a few cool things to say about this. Um, you know, it, it wasn't even Yuga Labs that were the first ones. Like uh, the the uh, going back, I, I'm thinking of CryptoPunks and. Um, oh man, I can't believe and Cyberkongs, CryptoPunks and Cyberkongs, those two projects that came before Basie, they they really showed everybody the the power of what you could do when a lot of people get behind a project like this. I mean, ju- just just financially speaking, with the floor price, and you know, a, a lot of it comes from uh, you know one of those marketing goals called one, 10k true fans. When you have 10,000 true fans, literally the sky is the limit, and. You know, one, one thing about the IP that we have here in Web3, 
first off, it, it, it's so much easier for us to go viral. Like we can literally drop banger posts, get the community together, have someone who actually knows marketing, knows the algorithm, direct everyone, point them in the right direction. And all of a sudden, boom, you've got a viral event that would have caused a Web2 company millions of dollars to generate. So, you know, we, we've got a leg up when it comes to that. Like we know social media, we speak the language of social media. We're, we're you know, we talk to Gen Z, we're on Twitter. Literally, we've got it all when it comes to knowing how to get those events and organize them. That, that's a huge advantage. But, you know, this IP, like it, it, it's honestly become synonymous and associated with Web3. Once everything takes off, if you believe in the space, then this IP is going to be, you know, that it's going to be something incredibly special down the line. I do believe that the big companies, you know, take a, a Yuga Labs, Azuki, all, all of those old school companies who have money in the bank and they're really looking for ways to support their community and help with that. As soon as regulations come along and people know which direction that they're legally allowed to go into to actually put some money into research and development, I think that that could be a catalyst for another boom. Like there, there's a few companies using the board apes uh, for, I, for IP, their logos and things like that. And, you know, that that's really cool. But it's just not big enough yet. Once it once it gets there, look, I mean, there's so many people out there who aren't in this industry. They know what board apes are, regardless if they call them the dumb, expensive monkey pictures or not. They know about them. So there, there's a lot of big things coming for that. And, you know, it, it just comes down to being able to take advantage of it and ride the wave like the, the type of exposure that we can get. If you know what you're doing, you can get all of the eyes on your project, all of the eyes on your IP. But if it's not quality, it's not going to stick around like that. that That's the thing. You need to know how to take advantage of those impressions, how to convert those new eyes into active users, into, you know, reoccurring community members and ones who are going to be down for the team to ride the wave. Yeah, I think you're definitely right, because uh, I feel that crypto Twitter or like Web3 in general is a very tough landscape. But if you know what you're doing, you're definitely going to get those 1,000 loyal customers. And uh, we all know, this, I mean, like with 1,000 loyal customers, you're going to be able to get a lot of feedback and, you know, like the, the loop goes on. So we have a new speaker, Kazoti. What's up? What's good? Chime in on this, man. Yeah. Hi, guys. I I'm just want to share my thoughts on this. I think the first thing that is required is the experienced team in order to build this, you see. So for any project, you need the marketing guys, you need the right partnerships in order to, you know, start growing. The second step comes down as the community aspect, you know, the support from the community and how big they can go about making the project in terms of visibility and awareness. In Web3, what we have as an advantage is you have a digital version of the same assets. It could be a jewelry that a person can wear, like maybe like imagine like a Pandora charm that you have, you know. So if those charms were a digital assets, you could even have them on that or a game IP or, or related to fashion, like look at Hip Beast and stuff like that, how they started doing that. So uh, digitalization of this because of the CAD designs that are available now in order to make those physical products and 3D models of all these and 3D printing and things like that. So I think there is a lot of scope first, you know, in terms of art, how you can go about utilizing it, uh, make prototype, get initial testing from the audience. If you were to build a game, these the community itself tests the games, give you get the feedback to the number of time the user is playing game, you know, the basic feedback which you are getting in, in the initial stage itself. And then you have the art where every community member can start, you know, uh, helping out in 
order to spread the awareness to create brands to come up with ideas so i think nowhere else you would get uh, that kind of a some support you know and in web3 what we see is the communities are very strong when it comes down to the support or you know when it is when it comes down to show their pfp with the art or the projects that they love so this is a kind of uh, and gen z you know they are more into digital so keeping the gen z in mind the kind of digital uh, knowledge they have how they go about integrating it uh, the uh, entire merchandise in digital world as well as in physical world that sets it apart all right thanks for sharing cuz i'm going to throw it back to puke himself puke chime in on yep, this yep yep so i'm i'm in to today i'm i'm here to you know kind of like also be a spokesperson for betaverse right and when we look at you know a successful brand from web2 coming into web3 i think the main difference or uh, is that hey right now we already have a work, you know a, a ip that is building right right and uh, because of that you know sales are good people are buying the t-shirt people are wrapping the merch or is good but when they come into the web3 space it's a total different i would say 360 different approach right because man like the things that you handle for web2 for for example you know customer service you only deal with you know people sending the email they work in a standard timeline and that's it but when we talk about web3 brand like so betaverse is kind of like you know that that whole um you know web3 brand of bape which is a brand that is already you know worldwide famous you know people coming to you know purchase the nft or purchase the project because they feel like hey you know this is probably a project that worth um you know worth investing in so the the main difference i i feel like you know when projects come in like this they have to understand um you know first of all the working culture is different right um you know how you do things are different the communication is different um what people expect and the expectation of people is different so you know um based on this whole whole um de- design that we're talking about i want to throw it over to wait so um right my my question is this um how does a a team you know um that is so previously focused on web2 right now coming into web3 how do they get all the right person to work on the project that suits the degen uh culture well first of all um we have a very unique structure where we have our partner company um crypto working with us because due to a lot of American just no he's 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 good bro oh yo oh, you're rugging I'm rugging <laughs> yo yo me don't do that to me <laughs> Go ahead, bro. No, May is probably sour cuz like he didn't get the merch. <laughs> anyway, uh going back, um so we have a unique structure because due to a lot of, you know, rules and regulations, we need our uh company web web3 uh partner company Crypto working with us and so we have a so um, basically Crypto is just full of people that are experts in web3. We have like OG um crypto traders who've been trading uh not only crypto but also NFTs from like 2015 and 16 um we have like you know legal experts crypto ceo is a legal expert he's a lawyer uh by practice um uh, we have Mika who's like a strategy lead for a various like different projects from back in the days and you know so we're very lucky to have this team put together because like you know elsewhere we couldn't just assemble uh, this kind of lineup um if we were just a startup ourselves but i think that's also a luxury that we could have as because you know they they were they were 
from day one onboarded with our plan and vision because you know they knew that we are capable of bringing powerful IP to the table, and they really you know we really saw eye to eye on mutually aligned vision of how IP should be played in the future, um, and thus we have like this co-aligned, co-created like vision of a concept called IP 3.0, where we, you know, really want to build a society of IPs being fully decentralized and fully owned and, you know, utilized and enjoyed by the people that really own the NFT. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of, you know, rambled on, but basically the team, um, you know, we, we are in a very unique and different situation where we are um, enjoying the luxury of having a team like Crypto on our um, side. Yeah, I think uh, the important thing is, you know, not just having a product that is ready, but also having the team behind it that knows how to do, you know, every angle to work the product to its maximum, right? Not just because the company is successful and, hey, you know, we can definitely do great things in Web3. I think that the project that realized this and hired the right people to do it, I mean, you guys are killing it. Monkey Kingdom is killing it. Um, all the speakers here are killing it. So definitely you guys know what's up. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to so so Benito. So tell me more, like, um, you know, coming or building up Monkey Kingdom, you guys are really focused, I think, in, in terms of the Asia culture um, with the uh, monkey god, right? So, do you guys have any plans to, you know, just expand the IP out from Asia countries, or you guys are really keen, for example, the next three to five years building up Asia first, and then only slowly targeting, like you know, overseas and stuff like that? So we've kind of done that in waves too. Like we've uh, we've done testing and like whatnot to try and market towards more of like the Western cultures. Um, it like from there we have kind of expanded, but we know that much of our like, especially now in like this crypto winter that's kind of ongoing, it's much more sustainable to hyper focus on where we originated so for us obviously like we've branched out before and um it's just pretty costly if we were to kind of continue so for us now and like uh, you know to a tbd date we probably will be focusing on more of the asia side um and you know for us we do have our um mobile like game app uh, defend the kingdom which kind of is our outreach to more of a wider audience but then again that game itself is really geared towards um much of what um asian like asian holders and users are kind of used to because it's a tower defense game and you know for us we've kind of been building that since last year now um and it's one of those where not many i think western countries are very keen on those types of games but you know there are there is like small sex but um yeah like i feel like for us the hyper focus is really just to build the asian communities just because for us it's like our bread and butter it's who we know and you know the 
the stuff out west is just a little different in a way, but it's not that hard for us to be able to resonate with them as well. For sure, man. I, I, a question occurred to me, so we need to, because I know, man, yesterday we did, uh, we did Mahjong sessions, and I, I swear, man, like uh, one of our guest speakers, uh, Dudu, he's, uh, he's a Dwat Sush guy, right, with artifacts and Mm-hmm. And uh, when he saw, he mm-hmm. was like, bro, like it was two weeks back to back, man. He was ranting. He was like, um, guys, guys, I, I feel like, uh, oh, you, you spoke to him. And he was like, yo, yeah, I feel like uh, Nike should do a bit more. And I'm just like all jelly all over, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, like low key, he was feeling, but of course, like after that, there was a remote forging and all that, you know, we'll leave that for another time uh, when the boys come on. But um, how important you think, uh, well, in your experience, Asia and uh, I guess like Western side of countries, uh, how important are physical stores, man? This this store, just uh, oof. What do you think, man? I mean, I know for in Asia, since it's it's such a completely different world. Like Asia, like foot traffic's in stores is still very much alive and like well. Sure, um, you can look at online shopping and it's putting a damper, but you know, here in the U.S., like malls are closing because there's no one going into stores. And, you know, that was even pre-pandemic, like shopping, like, you know, foot traffic was a dying thing. And everything here has been taken over with like Amazon, any sort of just delivery. Every, you know, store here has gone digital and, you know, you can shop from home and that's kind of the way it is. Asia is different. Like foot traffic is still very much alive and doing, you know, somewhat well. Um, just because you got to look at the population of places. Sure, you know, when a Web three project does something in person and is able to show, like, oh, we're in stores. Like that's a big flex because for any project that's coming out of digital to go into a physical store that's a big milestone so you know for us you know the partners that we've all uh, done um, any sort of collaboration with is hyper focused on the asia kind of market i mean when we started doing our uh, collab with adidas like we're doing it with adidas china um just because it's its own sort of entity. Sure, they have the overhead umbrella of the Adidas Corporation, but we were specific and hyper-focused on the Asia region with Adidas China. And then prior to that, we were working with Ambush, who, yeah, they're, they're out of Japan, but then a lot of Asia knows Ambush, just because of their two co-founders. Um, granted, it is pretty popular in like the LA area, but then also still very much high Asian populations. Uh, so that's kind of where our market strategy has kind of laid out for us is we're focused to what we know and really just trying to hone in so on we, that. So just, than, to, just to clarify, I, so are you saying that Asia is built different? Is that is that what you meant? I mean, just the, was it? No, yes. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we we definitely are. Like, there, there's just so much. Like, you know, culturally, yes, we are completely different, but it's also just a different animal. I mean, much of the money is coming out of Asia, and for the Western world, that's an untapped like resource that not everyone can get into just because they can, they don't know the nuances of Asian culture. 100% fully agree. So uh, I'm going to throw it to Mac. What do you think, man, for games, right? Uh, I, I know you have a lot of background in uh, marketing, especially in games. So physical stores, does it make a difference? Oh, man. Uh, let, let me not even give my personal opinion on that because uh, I don't leave the house. I order all my groceries on Amazon. Everything is ordered online. I use apps for pretty much anything imaginable. So um, <laughs> Amazon now? Mac, do you use Amazon now? Uh, over here, it's called Amazon Fresh. They also deliver Whole Foods, sometimes Walmart. Like, honestly, like, I, I go all over the place. Like, I, everything gets shipped right to the door. Like, like what's easier? And, you, you know, yo, you just occurred to me that, that Amazon is pretty degen as well, man. Because, like, I, I know that they deliver things yesterday, right? Pretty degen. I mean, like, obviously, they don't deliver yesterday, but, like, their speed <laughs> is, like, I wanted it yesterday. So, it's, it's, it's here yesterday. It's pretty degen as well. Yeah. Just, just occurred to me. Super random. But, oh, yes, continue, yeah. David. <laughs> Bro. The, the groceries get here faster than when I order Chinese food. Like, they're on point. <laughs> what? <laughs> you, you, you know they are racing, man. Like, uh, the, the speed in terms of their delivery. I saw an ad the other day. It's like, I ordered now, but I got it yesterday. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. Yeah, oh man, tell me about it. Like, they're, they're, they're trying to break records. They're getting ready to just bring the drones in so it won't even be a difference. But honestly, like, I, I feel stores really do have a place. Like, maybe not the old type of, you know, big shopping malls, because when you think about it, like, th those came, those came up and, and rose in popularity a while back. Like, we need some innovation. Like we need a different type of experience in these malls. Like we need we need some NFT brands in there for one thing. And you know, it, it needs to be something that you really want to go to and not something like, ugh, I gotta go to the mall and buy some clothes. So, you know, uh, another industry that's ripe for innovation, uh, property markets. I don't even I don't even want to get into that. Uh, I want to just stay focused on NFTs, be happy in this space. But, you know, I mean, that, that that's what I think. Like, I think we need some innovation there. We need that type of experience. And, you know, look, Southeast Asia, that's an enormous market, definitely for in-person shopping of anything in person, really. And even the NFT space, like gaming, anything you do in the gaming sector, you need to have one marketing strategy and development plan for, for the Eastern, for uh, US, Canada, and Australia. You need to have something different, but the same types of goals for Southeast Asia. I mean, it, it, it's a market that you really can't ignore for, you know, pr pretty much any sector, to be honest. But one, one important part is that it's a different type of strategy. And that, that's something that a lot of companies really need to take notice of. Yeah, that, that's a good good take. Um, KZT, over to you. What's your opinion on this? Yeah. 
you can you can see that difference clearly whenever you develop a game and you try to gain revenues via let's say google ads it is divided in tier 2 tier 1 and tier 3 countries you know so you experiment with tier 3 countries and see what is the kind of return on investment you are getting on those ads and when you go down to us or you know certain countries where acquisition costs are quite high compared to asia so it serves as a good testing market you know when uh, when you are able to make a good return on investment on that and then you move to your tier 2 countries and tier 1 countries and that's how a gaming industry actually works uh in terms of stores you know having those physical stores where the experience will be i think that is now going to take place with the ar and vr gaming that have come in so it will be exciting to see which nft projects then develop games where we could go to a mall experience those games and you know create an ip on those aspects also and lastly what i feel is it is there like for example in india when you look at the bollywood movies you will see that a lot of movies are incorporating games as a part of the ip you know so they sell those rights of ip to certain companies and they build games around that movie and uh, that's another very very big market so it's it's how every nft project combines or uses these projects you know and and works with these partners now that does require experience it does require capital and there are big publishing houses but yes gaming is is a capital intensive work from marketing perspective from ad perspective and even from development perspective all three combined together so let's see how it goes right right so uh all right thanks for sharing man i want to talk back to uh ryan man how are you in flex would uh so would would wait be moving into physical stores or this this is a question um you mean like in wait in like physical store offline stores and line fence stores and stuff like yep, that yep 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 yo so i can't even you know like i can't even describe what the future looks like for this brand so like for example we're you know talking about him being like a live uh performer in electronic music festivals you know uh, like a fashion model for different brands and also one other direction that we definitely have in you know our potential roadmap is like you know making our own like private brand like the wade as a brand itself like having wade branded t-shirts apparel you know goods and stuff like that so I mean it's not like in the immediate future that we're going to bring this to the table but you know definitely I think at the end game whatever IP slash brand it grows up to I think you know being like its own private brand it's definitely in the portfolio you can't even uh you know start with a roadmap that is not included in the picture right every I think in in every IP's um you know roadmap in the long game in the end game there's got to be a picture of um that ip slash brand becoming a private brand of its own pew i did my best man i i did my best trying to dig a bit more about the uh, weight but uh i seems like i couldn't i couldn't uh i <laughs> give a very uh, politically uh, correct, correct answer <laughs> yeah but but good good try good try <laughs> bro you you know how is it with you know web2 brands right you know they have tons of nda they have a lot of you know stuff that they back in the pipeline like i i heard you know from some of my you know friends when they work in an ip company like it doesn't just go with like you know what's the project going to look like in next 6 months is what's the good project going to look like in the next 10 years the small achievement the big achievement the main goal so 
when you talk to IP company, it's not just like, hey, you know, I, I have this few character that looks cute. Um, now my NFT sold. I'm trying to build an IP. So like when you think about it, all right, so how are you going to try to build an IP? What's the plan? What's the goal here? What's the KPI that you set for yourself? I mean, man, like we, we can talk on and on and on about all of these metrics, but it's, it's crazy. So, so tell me more, you know, let's transition a little bit into like exhibition, right? We, we talk about physical store. Some is, I mean, some is fine, some due to cost and stuff like that. But how about exhibition? Because yesterday, uh, we, we had Mahjong sessions. Uh, you guys were on, on as well, some of you guys. And uh, there's a project called Den Deka Den, which is, you know, currently partnered with Toei Studios. And uh, you guys know Toei, you know, they, 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 as a massive uh, company. Uh, and they really focus in building the IP not on, you know, animation, not on manga, but they went to this Tokyo, uh, NFT Tokyo, and did a massive, you know, exhibition with, you know, merchandisers selling, people coming in. And the whole event, you know, is kind of have like, you know, 2,000 to 3,000 people. Estimated about 30% of the people are really just web to people who don't know anything about the event. So uh, I want to throw it over to Sobenito to see, you know, what do you think about all this kind of exhibition? Is it worth the money to do, like, you know, to participate, you know, for example, one year participate twice to kind of, like, share the IP over to just, you know, Web2 people, um, you know, bringing in new people coming in? Or the focus will be to, you know, build up the core community, making them going out there, wrapping the NFT, building the IP. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of experience in this because that's exactly what I do for Monkey Kingdom is kind of analyze um, all the opportunities that we can that we have laid on the table and kind of like the cost analysis of either participating or not. Um, luckily, you know, at our in our home turf of Hong Kong, sometimes we do get the benefit of being able to join at little to no cost just because. They know um, because of Monkey Kingdom's like stature in our local market, it is able to be drawing more people than anything else. So for us, I mean, yeah, when we explore outside of our own kind of home turf, um, that that does become a little tricky um, because you really have to look at the exhibition and um, I guess, type of uh, event that you're going to be displaying into. So if, of course, it is like one of those big, like, um, like token 2049s or like consensus, yes. But then, of course, those have a higher cost just because your target audience there is going to be more matching than a typical like Web2 space. So... Um, I'll give you an example. We we did one with Memeland actually in Hong Kong when they did an exhibition in Times Square in Hong Kong. Um, that one, there was several partners, and you know, for us, that's kind of like a no-brainer. That was pre-mint for Memeland, and you know, the hype was very much surrounding like. I mean, the, the hype's still there right now with captains, but you have to look at, you know, the, the place that we did it in. So it's Times Square, Hong Kong. I don't know if you guys are all familiar, but um, 
very much a high foot trafficked area. Not much specific Web3 people are going through there. It is more of like a brand awareness type deal. And, you know, we did, you know, because we did it like as a traditional exhibition where people could do like email signups and whatnot, we were able to actually convert and bring new members into Monkey Kingdom from that specific event. So from just one example alone, like I think if you were able to capture the audience from one event, depending on how, like what your goals are, it's certainly worth it because we go back to what we were talking about before. All it does, all it takes is, you know, one glance at something and it having some sort of emotional connection or like some sort of resonating connection and someone's going to be hooked. So I would say if you can definitely, it does benefit you to have some sort of offline presence just because, you know, web three is one of those spaces where things, people are always looking for kind of memeable kind of events or experiences and for web three to go back into uh, like offline eventing it is certainly one of those aspects that does always bring up brings up a stir like i will say from our very beginning of uh post mint we actually bought billboard space uh in hong kong and i remember from the early days we got a lot of shit for it because we were doing traditional like web two advertising for like a web three project. But then again, it kind of became like a meme because everyone thought the success of monkey kingdom came from a billboard, which if you think about it is kind of fucking hilarious. Yo, puke. It reminds me of the good old days, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, like, the funny thing is this, right? Because when you sell an NFT project, like you have, you know, communities all around the place. But when you do an event, you only can do the event that most suitable for the project, the team and stuff like that. So instantly, you know, if all of your holders you know, is over in the US or, you know, it's some part of the world and you did one in, you know, Asia, you know, you're going to get a lot of fun about it because they'll be like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, I can't attend. It's not good. It's not for me and stuff like that. But they do not recognize, like, I feel the start, people don't recognize this. But right now, whereby, you know, we have tons of events that is so much happening, right? I heard, like, uh, if you guys are in Hong Kong, in July, there were going to be, I think it was July or August, uh, going to be an Ape Fest Hong Kong, which is not really organized by the Ape uh, Council themselves, but it's the holders, mm-hmm. you know, from Hong Kong. They said, hey, you know what? We have BAYC Malaysia, BAYC Singapore, BAYC Thailand. You all come to Hong Kong, we do our own Ape Fest because I realized that, hey, you know, people are aware that, you know, in real life meetups, um, having all this kind of exhibition, it's so important for the brand. Um, it's, it's more towards the visibility that people see, not just, you know, satisfy your holder. In the long run, all these events, for me, I, I do feel that it's, it's super important. Um, Maeve, throwing back to you, we can also ask Mac about this. Nah, for sure, for sure. Mac exhibitions. Oof. 
what are your thoughts? And uh, also, I, I see this uh, little two thing on your feet. Uh, you want to chime in a bit? Because i not too sure. Is it like two two max, three max? Obviously not three max, but like what, what's this two about? And uh, what are your thoughts, man, on the exhibitions? Uh, exhibitions? You mean like in real life events sort of things? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Let, let me touch on that first. I mean, you know, the, these NFT events, they're so fun. Like, um, just from a personal standpoint and getting that experience, that's, that's one thing that you can always expect, not only at the conventions, but all of the side events, the after parties, everybody getting together. We know that we, we know about the term experience. Like everybody goes out of their way to make sure that their, their party, their booth, their lunch, anything that you do with somebody, we, we go out of our way to make sure that everybody involved has that experience because we know how much it means in Web3. Like, if it means so much while we're working, while we're doing the things that we enjoy, I mean, it, it, it's amplified in real life. You know, that that's something awesome about it. Um, I love the events from a personal standpoint, getting, getting that, you know, seeing what's out there, enjoying it. But honestly, man, from a business standpoint, not going to lie, they don't really make too much sense half the time. Um, you can't really look at it in terms of, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm going to get this many sales. I'm going to get this many new members, blah, 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 blah. It don't really work like that. But, you know, being there, it, it, it's more for branding. Like you're going to get some signups depending on how you set it up, depending on your call to action, your funnels, all of the good marketing stuff. You want to try to take advantage of the foot traffic. But I mean, all in all, you're going to get way better results if you spend that money on ads, if you even giveaways like you'll give away NFTs on Twitter and you'll get more impressions there doing that than going to an event. But it's definitely something that everybody sees. You have a different level of potential community member people who are engaging on social media they both have their advantages and disadvantages i mean it's something that you gotta at least do once uh you know if you run a project you gotta at least have a booth and do that setup once so that you can get a feel for it see how it works and you know maybe you do it you see the other big projects having a huge display and you want to go bigger next time like it does work for some it just doesn't work for most everybody that i talk to even my bosses like they like going to the events they go there they they take their upper upper level business meetings talk to vcs i go there i go to the parties and do things that i'm not going to talk about on twitter but you you guys know what it is Lo love all that stuff like it's a part of web3 and uh that number two up there not gonna lie i don't even know what it is uh some of our partners from polygon dm'd us in slack and i'm like oh shit something's coming and i i just dropped it on twitter so i don't know i mean if you guys are curious about it look and see what other polygon projects are dropping that today because something big's coming from them like it's not just us like quarter quarter three is about to be like a volcano erupting I mean, quarter two, my bad. End of quarter two for Polygon <laughs> and all of us. Oh, David, I, I love you, man. I, I love you, my man, because uh, I, I like how we try, uh, well, me and Pew Police, we try to get Alpha, but at the same time, like we kind of like don't get Alpha, but you all know it's coming, guys. It's, it's coming. It's definitely coming. <laughs> babe, babe, the, only you know. thing, the only thing we get is, you know, we hype out ourselves. That's all. That's the only thing we get. Each time when we speak to this project, it's like, you know, something is coming and when it finally comes, you're like, oh, yes, yes, yes. And then everybody has that whole momentum, right? Like, just just imagine. I mean, 
yeah, over the past, if you guys notice, you know, me and Maeve right now, you know, we change our favorite colors, right? It's no more black. Our Azuki, it's all purple out, you know. Uh, it's we purpleizing everybody. Um, the the even the love shape we send is also you know purple color, because man, I realized that you know when you introduce a movement. And the movement is not just for your own project. It's a movement that everybody can be involved. It's so crazy in NFT space, right? I think, you know, just 15 minutes before I started this space, I saw Drew Club, another project on Polygon. They have this whole UI UX where, you know, you just go in, you type the NFT number and instantly you can change that background to purple color and use pushing P and post it out. I mean, just imagine like, you know, you get 20 projects actively doing it Everybody that come into the ecosystem instantly, they want a purple background PFP. If not, you're going to look like Mac who is so out of nowhere, out of place, all because he doesn't want to lose the checkmark. But if everybody does that, he'll be like, you know what? Screw this shit. I'm going to change the checkmark. Uh, I, I'm going to screw the checkmark, change it to purple. So that's the whole movement behind it. And I, and I believe like, you know, IP brands, they have the power to do that. Because when people love the IP, for example, you know, when people love uh, Pokemon, they go all out to, you know, just wear the costume, buy the cards, keep it. You know, secondary market is crazy. The main core of all this is just the success of the IP. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, how Wade builds up their IP, how Monkey Kingdom builds up the IP, how Keizoti, in terms of tackling the anime scene, build up the IP, Mac, you know, doing his game, building up the IP, because end of the day, is the IP is strong. So once you see, you know, oh, that, that's Wade. You know, you, you see that Monkey, oh, that's Monkey Kingdom. You see Keizoti's PFP, you know, like how, you know, Azuki, we are rapping hard. Uh, once you see an Azuki on space, you already know what's it. Uh, what's up with that so man all right so just the last five minutes of this um you know i'm going to give a little bit of updates on what's happening with betaverse so i know i have been reading you know the the um, dms on the um discord as well uh you know obviously now with us being the spokesperson it's our duty to kind of like give an update hey you know what's happening with the project where is where are they going so some some of the stuff to expect is that all right so in the month of june basically you can expect a announcement of staking right um you know i i've been you know meeting meeting up with the team seeing the works on the back end and so on June, you know, they will officially announce the date of when it will be live. And the date will be somewhere in July. And, you know, they are going to stick back to what they do best, which is, you know, creating merchandise, creating uh, giveaways, all that kind of physical stuff is something that they're going to do. So they are currently working on, you know, exclusive item, merchandise, giveaway, sticking back to, you know, what they really know in Web2. All of this announcement, so July, June for you guys will be an announcement day because if they will be dropping the dates um, of, you know, when this item come out. So you, you guys know, you know, when you drop dates, it's tricky because, you know, people are going to hold them accountable. But because of this, you know that they are serious. You know, when a project drops a date, man, come on. Like, you know, they are saying, we're going to go live on this date. We're going to make sure we do it. If not, it's going to be crazy. And um, the last of, uh, besides this, you know, some, some of the stuff that we're going to do is, you know, kind of like do AMAs with different projects as well. Uh, in Rock Radio, if you guys know Chilakok, 
uh, I think the last time or you know uh, Hawaiian or Ryan he you know him he is really the guy to push forward in terms of Web three uh, fashion. All his spaces is hundred percent Web three fashion right now. He said the event in Lisbon doing Web three fashion. So we have also locked in dates with him. You know, wanting to push out this. So you you know that you know when we want to talk about this kind of stuff, bringing weight here, bringing monkey kingdom, talking about IP. This is kind of like the bread and butter that we want to talk about. Uh, we do see the importance in this. A lot of spaces doesn't have this kind of like you know discussion. And today, honestly, I love the discussion. Like it's chill, it's deep, it's rich. Uh, so thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Sop. Thank you, David. Thank you, Kizoti, for coming up. Giving giving us your deep thoughts, you know your experience. I love spaces like this. Uh, Maeve, any last thoughts? Any any last words? Yeah, for sure. So uh, basically, uh, you you you're dropping alpha, but like the alpha is coming. So everybody just like keep waiting for alpha. Was it dates so, alpha, bro? Dates alpha. We gave more details. Yeah, yeah. Dates alpha. You, you, you know when people say coming soon, the next phase is the dates, and after the dates is the waiting. So you, you know, I'm, I'm like not like the front alpha. I'm like in the middle alpha right now, and um, you know, let let's see. You know, with the dates coming up, it, it's gonna be pretty interesting to see how you know they they are figuring out to give value back to their web three holders. So guys. Last but not least, remember the t-shirts. I'm not kidding. Um, so we have five t-shirts to give away. All you have to do is like, comment, retweet, and you know after the space, I will do a raffle. If you win, do send me your name, telephone number, address. So sorry, you have to dox. You have to dox yourself to me. If not, um, you know you can give me, and I'll be wearing you know the Bibtovers t-shirt. But if you are cool with it. Give me these three details, and then we will send it to your way. All right, Maeve, that is all from me. Once again, guys, thank you for being a part of the hot box session Thursday Fashion Web Tree IP building. I mean, I I love the I love this session. I don't know about you guys, uh, Maeve. I love it. Let's do more of this, bro. One hundred percent, Maeve. We gotta do this more. Web Tree Fashion is here to say. They everybody keeps talking about Game Five, but I mean. As we all know, man, like, <laughs> definitely here to stay. That's for sure. And uh, yeah, IP building. There's so much to talk about. Can't wait for next week's session, man. Yep, yep, yep. All right. See you guys. Take care. Bye bye.
Babe, babe, babe. Uh, buddy, you there, buddy? Yup, yup, yup. Should we change this into a vibe session? Oh, you already changed it? Yes, sir, I got you, because this song we vibes. <laughs> Alright, guys, I'm just going to play music for the next 30 minutes. Uh, if you guys love the vibe, this is going to be for the next 30 minutes. Just chill. Uh, if you guys are driving, this could be your go-to playlist. If not, feel free to go. But see you guys again next week. There's a space on the left side You were there for the whole ride In the rock in my glove box It weighs me down like the taste of All the red wine The glazed eyes Set by me All the one dance In your hands It's all I see
Just so much sweeter since we met. 